Welcome to the greatest story ever told, you guys. I feeling I'm feeling really good today about our readings. I feel good too, but we wanted to quickly check in on the state of our Bibles because yeah. So I'm about to show Courtney the situation with mine. Literally, like this is I just chunks <gasps> of it are falling out. Oh my god! Like, I cannot this, believe you have not shown me this already. These are two giant chunks of pages. Like, what is it's, that picture? It's like a man throwing dirt. That's from the Bible. Yeah, he's always your like, Bible has pictures. I guess I didn't really ever notice that. There's, I think that's like the only one. Okay, so there's two giant sections of pages that have completely just fallen out, like the majority of the Old Testament, and then in the like, okay, what's it called? Um, like it, the binding, I guess. Yeah. The book, whatever kind of glue or something was used is like <sighs> breaking into like crumbles like <laughs> and you can't really see it but there's like a oh i can of glue and like like a booger sometimes sometimes when i'm reading they like fall out and i'm like <gasps> i'm like was i eating something weird that like because it's like this weird yellow yeah but like truly my bible is like kind of fat yeah okay your bible is actually so much worse than mine and i can't believe you haven't shown me that yet um and I think we need to kind of, I'm feeling a little bit weird about how blase you're being about the one photo, full Wait. color, full page photo in your Bible. There's Wait, one yeah. okay. and it's a man. Oh God, it looks like, a... like he has a leaf blower and he's blowing dirt. <laughs> no, it's like a shovel. In the desert? He's like okay. throwing a shovel of dirt in the desert. There's, Is I'm there see any there's text more. around that uh, photo? It says threshing scene in the Jordan Valley. Oh, so I guess it's grain. He's like throwing a, a shovel photo. of grain. A photograph. Yeah, but it's like clearly not from the Bible times. Like, why are they? No, exactly. There's a photograph in your Bible. That's but, crazy. Wait, also, I, I mean, I'm flipping through pretty quickly, but I don't see any other photos. There's literally one photograph. Oh, wait, I found... These are in the New Testament. It's just a picture. I mean, should we just... Show me. It's a, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's a picture of the Garden of Gethsemane, which you don't know what that is yet, or maybe you do, but, do. and then a picture of the Jordan River. Sorry, I never told you. No, I'm feeling really weird about the fact that you've never told me about these full color photos in your Bible and you've never told our listeners. Okay, also, the, when I showed you that, now my computer is completely covered in crumbs from the, <laughs> the binding. Okay, and then there's also the dome of the rock and the Mount of Olives, which like, whatever. Okay. And the garden tomb. I guess that's what they think Jesus's tomb is. That's a anyway, photograph. Photographs. The first one is weirder because it's like a, a man threshing wheat, but it's like clearly... Current. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not current because it's the Bible's current. from the 80s, but... Um, it's contemporary. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but we don't even know if this man is religious. No. Could just be anyone. No. And it doesn't yeah. matter. I guess they're just so, trying to illustrate should we the like act of go on a tour of Bible locations. Like, well, that would mean we would have to like go on a birthright trip. We, we should fake our documents and go on a birthright trip to Israel. There should be a birthright trip for Christians and we can pretend we're Christians. Except yeah, that wait, why? 
I mean, because then like it actually would mostly, I know, and it actually would just mostly be, it would be all the same stuff as it would be, yeah. Jewish birthright. And they'd probably be like, get out of here because you guys are weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we're also probably like older. I feel like birthright is something that happens usually when you're younger. I know. Although, whatever. Our chance has passed. Wait, I need to go get my water. It's like three feet away. Hold on. Okay. Okay, I have my water. Okay, so um, today we're doing four books wait, in one. What? Excuse me, my Bible is also experiencing wear oh and tear. <laughs> um, so sorry. Like, the I'm reason, here too. I know, the reason I like... <laughs> Courtney brought up the wear and tear of the Bible and I was like, let's talk about it. And then I just totally <laughs> skip over. Like, as if my oh, Bible doesn't even exist. Um, Actually, honestly, the only wear and tear that's occurring... So far as the cover is ripping off. That's significant. It seems like that's happened years a long time ago. Oh, okay. This is so, this reminds me of something. So my youth pastor, when I was like, I guess in middle school or something, Mm -hmm. um, Joel, oh my God, his name is Joel. And the first book we're talking about today is Joel. Um, So his Bible, he had to like duct tape the whole cover because he he like read his Bible so much that it was like falling apart. And I was always like, so jealous I was like I want a duct tape bible but like you can't just like duct tape it it has to be like falling apart and I remember there was this other kid in my youth group who like asked his dad if he could duct tape his bible because he was like I want to be like Joel and he was like you have to read it enough for it to fall apart before you can duct tape it or something and it was like I mean it wasn't that much of a thing but I guess it kind of was no it even being a micro thing is enough to discuss yeah like it's like (laughs) duct tape your bible being like this kind of like signal that you are like a great christian yeah because it's like and it was like joel walked around with his duct tape i went i was like oh shit joel like is read that the bible everywhere all day he's like in the pool on the airplane joel has access to the word like he is spiritual um well that reminds me this is not joel but there was this kid who we were in college with like i don't remember his name the the only thing I remember about him Mm. I don't even know if you would remember him the only thing I remember about him is he made his own cover for the the book the infinite jest like he wrapped it in paper and like painted a cover because so he because he wanted like his own cover because he like loved the book so much no it really is like looking back one of the most psycho and plain sight things that I've ever like and I wasn't like oh my god that's cool even at the time I was like that's really his weird name? I mean I, guess I don't remember say. I think if I had a guess I would say his name was Andrew okay but that might actually just be a reflection of Andrews of my past yeah um, um but I do remember just that almost scares like, me more yeah I do just remember being like that's really crazy but it is a kind of a similar act because it's like you want wanting the book to like reflect something about you like you know having a book the state of your book reflect something about its reader is like extremely crazy and narcissistic but it's it's like this isn't about you but it is like honestly sometimes when I'm like reading on the train my book is like kind of tattered I'm like Oh yeah, you're like to I'm a see scholar. Who is noticing that I've reread a book or something? But the reality is, it's probably just sat in my backpack for three months, and like the reason it's falling apart is because it's been jostled in a bag, and not because I've been like flipping through the pages. Yeah, yeah. No, I was like that the other day. I've been having that experience a little bit lately because 
it's usually when I'm reading a book that is like has a certain cachet, you know, like, so right now I'm reading um, The Poetics of Space, okay, the like cool. Gas and Bachelard. Yeah. I'm like, and so Wait, like that book has- Your thing is kind of like- Oh, hitting my Clinking on your, some, yeah, it's felt, it was sounding kind of like it's hitting something. Scratchy. Um, should I take off this sweater? Should I? I don't know. It might, maybe it's your hair. Okay, let's just see. I'll like sit kind of forward. Yeah, so sorry, sorry, keep going. No, it's fine. So anyway, lately I've been reading The Poetics of Space by Gaston Bachelard. And um, that book has a certain cachet, of course, because it's mm -hmm. like a weird book that like architects like, like it and writers like it. And it's like, you know, that kind of like, it's something I always heard about in college and grad school. And I'm like yeah. I'm reading it right now. And yeah. like, it's like a kind <laughs> of huge deal. And so like when I'm on the train, it, this happened the other day where I was like sitting around, like I was like kind of sitting by these like annoying girls and they were like being so annoying. And I was like, probably like almost on my period or something. Cause I was like, hated that. Like I was like this fury toward them. I was like, you are yeah. so annoying and shallow. And like, they were talking about like a parties or like boys or something like that. And I was like, oh my God. And I like pulled out my book, you know, and like started reading it. And I was like, I was like, you don't even know it was like that I'm on a different so level. Cool. yeah like it was like, like I'm on a different level than you and then like but like it's like that's so psycho but well, it is also just like a really nice thing we can do in life like right on the train I no no like or just have feel, those moments yeah yourself, yeah where yeah. like where like I was even like they probably don't even know what this book is you well, know I was on the train so the book my book that I'm reading rereading right now is Close to the Knives by David Warnerovich. And it's like definitely a bit tattered. And uh -huh. um, I was on the train the other day and like reading it. And yeah. I, had, I hadn't really gotten to the, at this point reading, reading it on the train, I hadn't gotten to the point of like, who's watching. I just was kind of like yeah. reading. And then I like looked up in the skies, kind of like trying to see what the title is. I think I can tell he's like looking. And then, and then he like, pulls out his phone and it looks like he's like either looking it up or writing it down or something. And also like, maybe he wasn't doing either any of those things, but that's what it seemed like. And all of a sudden I'm like yeah. sitting up straight, like. You're like <laughs> suddenly lips. like, yeah. You're like suddenly a paragon of like yeah. pure art and literature. And you're like, like carrying yeah, it into the that's future. Me reading Close to the Knives on the B train from Ditness Park to Chinatown. Oh, yeah. Like all of a sudden I felt perfect all of a sudden um, you matter and and it was kind of like tattered so you know it just yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it like checked off all the boxes and, and yeah it's like who is that good. girl yeah <laughs> like I, I don't know I'm curious what he was really doing but in my <laughs> mind he saw it and he was like maybe he'd heard of the title or of the author or something and he was like yeah. oh I should like maybe because I've done that before too you know, like yeah. you write down a book that you want to read. Um, and that version of the story that I made up, I really like, and it makes me feel like sexy. Can I tell you about one um, last like awkward book thing? And then we can yeah. get into yeah. this. Yeah, okay, but I think so this is interesting and relevant. I do too. So like, okay, this girl that I kind of know, she's like kind of an acquaintance woman. And uh, she wrote a book, a book came out recently. It was pretty popular and like but anyway like I saw her at a party and this is like when I first met her at like officially like exchanged names like hello 
And I was like, oh my God, um, I'm so excited about your book. Like it's on the top of my to-do list. And I know, but like the thing about it is like on my, in my actual phone, I have a, like, uh, like a, a thing that's list. like my to-do list and it's like my week and then all the stuff to do. And then at the bottom, it's like all the stuff I'm excited about seeing like movies and books that I like really want to read that's or cool. watch. And so like, but it's like this long list at the bottom and like her book was literally like on the top of the list. Like I was really excited about it, but the way I said it made it sound like it was like a chore and like, I could not get, I could not back out of it. Like, no, she was like, oh, she was like, oh, I'm actually like, she was like, oh, I like your work, like talking about my work. And it was like this nice meeting. And then I said the to-do list thing. And I was like, fuck. And like, I could see it on her face. And she was like, she goes, oh my God, like you don't have to read my book, like blah, blah. And I was like, no, no, like I'm like excited about, and I kept, I was trying to like, Say, but it's like I said, like to do nothing this. you can nothing. say is gonna like I don't know. It, it became so awkward, and yeah. then I read her book, and I did like it. This is I'm just confessing this right now. And then I sent her <laughs> a long message on Twitter about how I liked her book, and I was like, oh yada yada, like I met you at this party, like I read your book, I was like so excited about it, and then like told her what I like. I was just like, I just really liked your book, like whatever, mm. you know. And she like never answered. Oh my god! And like that might just be because she has like zillions of followers and like whatever, you know. But like, yeah. and like some people aren't in their like Twitter DMs, like yeah, you know what I mean. Like I get like messages and I don't respond. I forget to respond to them. But I was still just like, oh my god, that is so crazy because <laughs> it truly it, is like one of those one of those things you say like no matter I cannot fix what it. you say at which angle or like anything it's you can't backtrack it's kind of like like do you think it's that bad like no no no, it's not bad at all and also she probably like doesn't give a fuck and doesn't think about me no well probably yeah for sure also in that moment she probably was like she probably also understood what was happening but like she can't even if she's like no matter which way she responds either it just is gonna be like awkward right. you know yeah, she and, knew that, like she couldn't have thought I was actually being like no oh my god I'm gonna read your book soon because it's yeah. like a chore that I've put on the top of my list yeah. she couldn't like no one would say that no one in the world but I feel like it is it one happens, of those though. social interactions where that I think is like pretty commonplace where something is said that makes something awkward or or like uncomfortable or whatever and both people kind of understand that there was something there was like a misstep at some point and it's actually fine but you still can't like overcome the awkwardness even even though because even though you both kind of know that it's fine and you know what it was some lingering tension and energy yes and you know that it's supposed to be but it's like somehow once it's like spoken or like whatever happens and like that brings that energy up the energy just like kind of can't go away for a while I know like one time I I have this friend who I haven't seen in a long time who's like a boy and he's five four and we were like all some of us were hanging out and like height was brought up and I was like Benji how tall are you and he was like five four and I was like oh that's fine <gasps> oh my god and like I what I I know I oh I know mean anything yeah, I know. But like, like I said, oh, that's fine. Oh, that's fine. Like a man who is five four, which like, uh, okay. In my defense, I like I think I'm slightly blind to height. Like I never really know how you. Tall yeah, I don't ever and, like hear you 
calling out height. No, so. I, I like don't see it. I mean, obviously with him, I'm like, oh, like he's kind of shorter. But wh- when I heard five four, I was like, oh, I like had no idea you were five four. Like I thought you were just like kind of shorter than me. Um, and I'm like six feet tall, so that's like significant. But anyways, and then I did the same thing where I was like, oh, I didn't mean like it doesn't. Yeah. Ma-, and then I was like, it doesn't matter. And then I was like, wait, no, that makes it worse. obviously it doesn't matter. Like. And I'm sure he, he, we were like pretty close at this point. And I'm sure he like, didn't really care. And like also understood, but then we just like kind of couldn't really, we just yeah. had to like end the conversation and sort of like take an hour. Uh-huh. And then like come back to being friends. Yeah. Well, this, me and this person, like just didn't know each other. Yeah. Like so that's we all, knew, of, it's worse because harder. we knew of each other yeah. and then that's how we met like I was like yeah nice to do this that's definitely worse because the chances of there being like a resolution or whatever so, you so slim it, like there yeah, will never slim, be slim to like there will know. never be um, um I guess we should start talking about the Bible yeah, 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 yeah. okay everyone so we're talking <laughs> like about whoever the hell I know is listening um we're talking about four books of the Bible today we're wrapping up the New Testament I think we I mean Old Testament I think we'll be done like in two more weeks yeah I was just looking after I finished reading I was looking through and like there's maybe 20 pages left maybe less of the New Testament yeah sorry Old Testament so I think this might be the third to last week or we could also bust through it the next week but maybe that's like too much yeah we can see we'll figure it out but today we're talking about Joel a group of boys, yeah. uh, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, and um, Jonah. Jonah. And I just had the really fun sensation of, because I was like flipping through my legal pad and figuring out the name. And I kind of like forgot the last name that it was like an audition. And like, we're like, I'm the director. I'm like, today we're going to be seeing Joel, Amos, Obadiah and Jonah. So um, first we'll have Joel. Could you come out? I would kill to be that person. I know. I, I would that is love one of the... to be the person with the paper mm-hmm. who's auditioning people. Like, oh, I, I think we're going to have Sabrina. Do, are you going to be singing first or do you want to do your monologue? Um, okay, that's what you, actually you choose. Was that person at one oh, wow. point? Oh, how old were you? <laughs> um, I was like 19 and 28. <gasps> Was <laughs> oh my god, that's too young. First of all, it's a really but... weird fact about me that some people who listen might not know. But I, at some point in my life, did choreograph, did choreography, um, and there were two instances where I was like in the room with the little mm. headshots, and people mm. were auditioning, and it was really, it felt so good. I mean, that is a a very unsung fantasy role. Like I don't, being that person with the papers and like calling them and that, that, that power, but also that um, it's like so niche Mm -hmm. and so specific. And like, it feels there's a, there's a piece about it because there was, it's like, you have all of the power within this realm of responsibility that is so pointless. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like it's no, just I like, think that what you said about the piece is really interesting because if there is profound peace, yeah, in that position, yes, but I wonder if it feels so profound because it's like 
Um, it's because nobody cares. Well, and also because the the like competing energy is the person who's auditioning, which yeah, they yeah. are not at peace like in any way, probably. Yeah. So that like heightens the peace of your position, but it true. Yeah, I kind of forget about that, and it really felt so good. Yeah, I've never had that experience, and I want it, and I will have it. There's absolutely no way. Oh, you will. You will. Wait, your hair is. Can you put your hair back again? Sorry. Oh my God, my fucking beautiful hair. <laughs> Sorry, it's like tickling your thing. I know, because it's so pretty. Um, um, okay. It's like tendrils, the curls like curling into the microphone. I know. Okay, so whatever. We're talking about these boys. Joel is Joel is Joel. first. What are we gonna say? Joel is first. And um, so the Lord came to Joel, the son of Pethuel, which never thought I would hear that name. No. Pethuel. And that's Joel's dad. He doesn't come up again. And then I was really excited because in uh chapter one, verse four. It's strong caterpillar bug content. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, caterpillars so are back. The caterpillars are back and they're, it's like force with force, they come back. And um, I'll just read it because you gotta take what you can get with this Bible. Um, it says, well, basically um, oh, he just goes to like he always does. Joel and he's like, here's the word of the Lord. You have to tell everybody mm -hmm. what I'm saying, whatever. Yeah, so the first three books are kind of like mini versions of what we've been reading and that they are it's prophets sort of telling again that the lord is like mad and he's gonna fuck everything up but then like there will be some like peace or like i don't know it will come back together in the end anyways yeah so that's um, what he's doing but yeah he goes that which the palmer worth oh shit that which the palmer worm hath left hath the locust eaten, and that which the locust hath left hath the canker worm eaten, and that which the canker worm hath left hath the caterpillar eaten. That is so hard to say. It is. That's crazy. I like could not do it. That was like doctor. I don't have a problem. Worse. It's half left half. The palmer. Um, that which the palmer worm hath left hath the locust eaten, and that which also, the locust hath left hath the canker worm eaten. It's harder to understand when it's said out loud, I'm realizing. Because when I read this, I didn't think about yeah. the weirdness of it. Well, I mean, obviously it's weird, but hearing you say that, I'm kind of like, what? It's Are like a spell. Um, yeah, this is sweet. It's bugs. And the caterpillar is, again, like the bottom of the totem the, pole. Yeah, the bottom feeder, like it's the scum of the earth. Like literally never heard of a palmer worm, never heard of a canker worm, a locust, like heard of it, but disgusting. <laughs> and still the caterpillar is the bottom of the pile yeah. like all like the, the caterpillar is eating the scraps that three other bugs have left behind yeah they're like i just i wonder if caterpillars back then were different because and to me a caterpillar is eating like a fresh green uh -huh. leaf it's like juicy and like it's kind of doing its thing and seems pretty happy and then it turns into a butterfly or a moth which that's gross but still kind of cool yeah so it's just it's interesting I think that so now I'm thinking about um actually the very hungry caterpillar by Eric Carle is kind of a huge revolutionary taking back the caterpillar image from the bible because that book is about a caterpillar eating cake cherries you know like oh yeah it's kind of it it, it acts in opposition to the 
depiction of the caterpillar in the Bible. Yeah. This is a completely new theory that I'm working out in this very moment. But I do think like, it's kind of like the thing where um, it's reminding me of like Dove deodorant commercials where they like, they were, I feel like they were the first one to be like real women. And then they have like a whole, like women of different sizes and shapes. And like, you know, it's like not the like conventional beauty commercial. Yeah. Yeah. And so then um, this is kind of, uh, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) But the hungry caterpillar is Is like that. (laughs) Is the dove armpit commercial of the caterpillar. And it's like real caterpillars eat so cake. crazy. I know. I'm actually on the edge. Yeah, a little I bit. Like, I followed it and I was like, here you are, Courtney. You need to come back. <laughs> but but I do like it. It makes sense. Um, I do too. Do you know another thought I had? I think that my mind is working at that place recently because another thought I had recently is Bazzini peanuts and raisins is the shrimp cocktail of the sidewalk. Um, that makes actually a lot of sense. I know. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like from God. It's like laying down it's the exactly the same kind of energy. Yeah, but it's experience, just experience, but just translated to like a different the sidewalk. Space. Yeah. Yeah. But I know exactly what you mean. Like the relationship between the snack and the space is the same. Exactly. In same. both situations. Yeah. And I don't know if how universal that is, but I would love to know if other people feel the same because I know if, exactly what you mean. Yeah. If anyone else wants to please contribute yes or no to that, somehow reach out to us. Many of you have our numbers, our direct numbers. Yeah. So just text us if you would, um, if you think that that's right. Anyway, Joel. So it's, yeah, it's pretty basic, but I did, I did like kind of start to think um, about Joel does the way he expresses himself is actually really particular. And I think he's got this attitude of like, he's like a bitchy coworker. Like he's bitchier and more like he, fe- it seems like he's taking a lot of joy in condemning the people. Like I, the things yeah. he says are kind of like, like one, I marked one seventeen as an example of this. It's like the seed is rotten under their clods and garners are laid desolate. The barns are broken down for the corn is withered. How do the beasts groan? The herds of cattle are perplexed because they have no pasture. Yeah. The flocks of sheep are made desolate. Like it's like something about it's like ha ha, and it's also it's only three pages, so I think that kind of contributes to that feeling because it's like like here's my little like bitchy note about you dum dums getting fucked over. Yeah, and like I'm not gonna mince my words. I'm just gonna like say it like it is. Um, Yeah, he's just kind of like a troll, and I was like, okay, Joel's a troll. That I didn't really like have a lot. No, there's not much Joel. to say. I mean, it's literally three pages and it's it's basically, again, him being, talking about the judgment of God upon Jerusalem and how like someday things will be fine, but like you are going to be like fucked over because like you did all this stupid, whatever stupid shit you did. Yeah. Um, I did like, there's one, there's a couple of lines that I was like, okay, this sounds cool, whatever. But two, four, I think just sounds beautiful. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses and as horsemen, so shall they run. Yeah, that's nice. Like, I, that's nice. I had 112. The, the vine is dried up and the fig tree languisheth. <laughs> <laughs> the pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree, even all the trees of the field are withered because joy is withered away from the sons of men. Um, 
I just liked all the trees. Yeah, there's some um, nice stuff here. Yeah, and and I also liked how he. I, I like Joel. I don't know. I like the way Joel sees the world. Like I like his kind of negativity. I like his kind of ecstatic negativity. And I like also when he's making the good promises, like in all the other books, like it's like the crops will come back. Like you'll have wood that you need or whatever. And his good promises include like visions and dreams and pillars of smoke. Like he's like, there will be pillars of like after everything is better, like the children will have visions and dreams again. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, cool. Like you kind of like the creepy weirdness of God. Yeah. And you're not um, just saying something boring. Yeah, I think Joel kind of gets it. Oh, and I also like this, this concept of, um, in chapter three, there's this idea of the valley of decision. Oh. And it, he says, he's just like, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. And I just think about like the valley of decision as like, well, decision like separate from the Bible, like decision is such a, a such a, it's like universally anxiety inducing mm -hmm. for most people, I think making decisions and like imagining a valley of decision that it's like, I feel like I, I imagine like the pooling of that type of anxiety and energy, like in a, in a, in a place, you know, and like that to go there, you're kind of immersing, you're like willfully immersing yourself in this, like, cause it's not the valley of indecision, which would be a different thing. Yeah. It's like the Valley of Decision, which is like, it's kind of, you have to sort of step up to the occasion to go there because it's like- That's the, interesting. The energy of decision is, it's like confident, but fearful, mm -hmm. you know? But it's like, there's, it's like definitive or- Yeah. You know, the yeah, Valley it's like of it's, Decision, like there's like resolution in that in a way that like the valley of indecision obviously wouldn't have or there's like movement yeah or there's like more discomfort it's like movement and kind of like a because the valley of indecision would there would almost be more comfort comfort because you're like well i don't know what i'm gonna have to choose like the valley of decision is like a place where you go with this energy of like yeah it's I'm like going. a stop along the way too yeah um I just thought it was cute. Well, it's on like the Valley of the Shadow of Death. Maybe there's some, I don't know, valleys. Like it'd be, it's cool if there's just like valley, like every valley is is kind of, well, because a valley is like a low place in the land and it would yeah. make sense that kinds of energy would pool in different valleys. Yeah, that's cool. I really like valleys. Me too. I love valleys. My high school looked onto a valley. <laughs> My Christian oh, high school. I wonder what valley it was. Uh, I think it's called Kent Spiritually, valley. I mean. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to know, actually. Um, uh, okay. So we can leave Joel behind yeah, and visit Amos. Good. So Amos is up. Um, I was kind of excited. The very first verse of the book, um, I'll just read it. It says, the words of Amos, who is among the herdmen of Tekoa, which he saw concerning Israel in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, two years before the earthquake. The earthquake? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's such a cool way to start a book. It's kind of like when you watch a movie and someone's narrating and they're like, but this was all before the car crash. And then you don't find out about the car, like what the car crash is until like the end of the movie. Yeah. You know that like kind of trope? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what it feels like. I really like, like it. I like the mm -hmm. idea too that um, 
Well, what I really like about this is like the earthquake does not take place in this book. No, we so never hear I of think it that again. That's a really interesting, if that was a narrative device, that's a really cool, interesting like device of restraint or something that's like to start a story by being like, and this was two years before, for example, like, and this was two years before the hurricane like wiped out the town, but then you never get to it. Yeah. You just, you never talk about that. Or like, this is, is two cool. years, two years before, like, one month before 9-11 or something mm -hmm. and it's like then you don't ever actually get to it that but is if cool. it's something big enough you that gives them it gives like somebody hearing the story a, a like kind of space with to imagine the story going on afterward but then a kind of like expiration or mm -hmm. like it's like punctuated sure ending like a certain ending but you don't ever get there in the actual story that you're given I wonder if at one point the people who were reading this book knew what knew about this earthquake, earthquake they were talking about because we don't but um I'm terrified of earthquakes I am not but I I know I should be but I've just never ex one? no okay. that's why it's because so I've I never was... experienced anything uh, there's no earthquakes around where I grew up I was in a really really bad one in fifth grade that um has continues to traumatize me but I I have a moment like me and Courtney went to the symphony on Friday and in the middle of the symphony, I had the moment where I was like, all of a sudden I was waiting for an earthquake oh and it doesn't God. happen often, but sometimes it's usually when I'm in places like spaces like that, where mm. it's going to be, like, be hard to get out. And like, also there's like a lot of people, I mean, if it, it would be different, if it was like outside or something, cause that's less freaky to me, but yeah, like I had this moment where I was like, an earthquake is coming. And then quickly that passed but yeah I hate them this book like annoyed me too because it's like it's more it's this book felt felt more like tying up loose ends more specific punishments for specific people um there and were also like he was going through there were like weird rules about like the number of sins people had committed yeah. it was like for three transgressions of Israel and for four I will not turn away the punishment thereof because they sold the righteousness for silver, blah, blah, blah. So it's like the Lord is saying, oh, because you did these four transgressions, I will do this. And for three, I will do this. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's kind of boring. And also just like, what? Yes, I feel like it's once again, the, the sense that I was getting from Amos, and this is like what mostly the notes that I took on it were like, I feel like the Bible right now is trying to wrap up the old testament in a way that is not going to feel abrupt and random but they keep making it they keep almost ensuring that it's going to be abrupt yeah. because they're just like actually they're just going about it the wrong way they're like digging deeper and deeper and deeper into these details where a reader it's like i actually cannot follow this i don't know like now at this point i, I just started to i couldn't stop fixating on like how the old testament is going to end because it's it's just going to end all of a sudden yeah. like this. I know. Like, you I know actually I mean? hadn't thought about that, and now I'm like scared. Like it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if it ended mid sentence because <laughs> it's just so like at this point puke. It's yeah. like blah, 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 blah. It's, this you is also of the so four funny. books we're talking about today. This is the longest one, and it's in my opinion like the worst. The worst. Definitely. Um, it's truly like I mean it is it, it's just what we've been hearing it's more of the same um but in some ways more annoying because of like him numbering these transgressions yeah at least um, it's short 
It's short. It's not that it long. It also was reminding me of like one of my favorite quotes from Beetlejuice. Or it's like just one of this quote that I always kind of think of a lot, but it's Catherine O'Hara and Beetlejuice says one of, she threatens her husband in the movie and she's like, if you don't let me, she's like, if you don't let me gut out this house and do whatever I want, I'm like paraphrasing that part. She says, I will go insane and take you with me. That's cool. And I love the threat of go- going insane and taking you with me. And that's what this end of, that's what oh, Amos gave me that a little bit. It's like, you're going insane and trying to take me with you. And I, yeah. I'm not going, but but like respect for trying because that's the coolest threat you can. That is really cool. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's kind of a scary threat. In my opinion. It's really scary. It's scary um, to say, and it's scary to hear. Um, and he, anyway, he's like, I, at one point I like how he says, oh, he's like, God has given them clean teeth and no rain. He's like, I keep cleaning your teeth and I'm not giving you rain. And it's like, if God is for anything, it actually should be that to like take care of our teeth. It's like the it's most what God should be for. part of being a human. Like you gave us these teeth fucking to keep teeth them that clean. you have to take care of. Yeah. I know. Um, um, okay. And so then God shows Amos a grasshopper eating the grass. And he's like, I don't know. Then he tells him something that like doesn't really make sense. But I kind of like this because this little section, because he's like, Wait, where are you? Chapter seven and Amos. Okay. He's like, he does this. I don't know what he tries to teach him in chapter seven, but he does the series of these things where it's like the Lord shows Amos something. And then he's like, this means some other thing that's kind of seems totally unrelated. And so like in chapter eight, the Lord shows Amos a basket of summer fruit. I loved that. I know. But then he tells him that he's like, look at this basket of summer fruit. Do you see, what do you see? And Amos is like, I see a basket of summer fruit. And God's like, exactly. There will be tons of dead bodies. And it's like, wait, but I just see a basket of summer fruit. Like Amos is kind of really stupid, I think, but also like, well, it makes him sound stupid. I think he's more like with it than some of these other guys though. Yeah, it makes him sound stupid. It's just a basket of fruit. Yeah, it makes him sound stupid, but it's because of course he doesn't understand because it doesn't mean anything. But like the way the story is told, it makes it seem like it's like, Amos, come on, get with it. And it's like, no, he sees a basket of summer fruit. Like you're the one talking about dead bodies, God. What's in your basket? When I imagine the basket of summer fruit, Mm -hmm. um, peaches. Ooh, that's not in mine. That's a good one though. And like, it's mostly peaches and like cucumbers, even though that's not really summer fruit, but it's like peaches, like it's strawberries with those little, it's, it's not actual strawberries. It's a picture of a strawberry. You know, when you see pictures of strawberries that are round and not pointed and they have little white yeah, flowers, yeah. it's those. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I'm also seeing like apricots. It's mostly stone fruits. What's yours? Well, mine's not stone fruits. Mine was like bananas and pineapple. Oh, interesting. Which like, I hate that that's what it was but that's is what it was no i and like, like strawberries that's sweet yeah um, um there's this in verse 11 <clears throat> i loved this it's or it's verse chapter 8 verse 11 um the lord okay it says behold it can you hear my heater like doing its thing a little bit. Ugh, i hope it stops soon sorry it's it's winter um so verse chapter 8 verse 11 behold the days come saith the lord god that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. So basically the Lord's like, I'm going to send a famine, but it's not food or drink. It's you're just going to not hear from me. And it's like, 
I love good. Like, I love that. That's like the best threat ever. <laughs> yeah, but then he's also like, and then they'll start looking for me, which is crazy, but it's really true. Like, oh yeah. Even like somebody's so annoying, and then they stop talking to you. It's like where'd they go? Like, then you like need them. And like, I just want to say like reading this, I start, I wrote in my notes and I like was reminiscing and laughing so much because like, I literally got a boyfriend this way in high school, like purposefully, like okay. completely on purpose. Like this was my strategy. I was in ninth grade and I was like in love with this boy named Jace who he, he was like the sheriff of our town's son. And he like worked in like the auto mechanics shop or whatever. Okay. This is, um, a movie. I know. And like, I was like obsessed with him, obsessed with him and like knew he didn't really like me, but like, I just didn't care. And I was like, I was like, I have a brilliant strategy. And I was like, I'm going to text him every single day for like a month. And he's not going to like it. Like, I'm going to annoy the shit out of him every single day for a month. And then one day I'm going to stop. And he's going to like, I was basically like, I'm going to text him every day until he's used to it. Like it doesn't annoy him anymore. And he's kind of used to it. And he kind of has grown accustomed to this uh-huh. and then I'm going to stop and then he's going to be like what happened and like it literally worked like a fucking charm oh my God, like of course insane. no I was I mean I'm still am insane but like that was like I, that I mean, was like genius Evil it genius. was genius like I was literally just like I I was like he doesn't like me he doesn't really know who I am when I started texting him I, like I got his number from somebody and like text him and he would constantly. respond he would respond he'd be like I'd be like, what's up? Like that. Like, yeah, it'd be like, yeah, hey, what's yeah, up? What are you doing today? School. Like, what's your day like? Are you doing anything tonight? Like, like, and he would say stuff and I would like, just try to talk. I would like flirt, talk, anything, anything. And then like bring up like random shit, stuff I was reading about, like anything. And then stopped and had that plan from the beginning. Like that's kind of what made it distinct because it was like, yeah, I knew the whole time this is what I was going to do. That and I was like, so I don't, smart. but like, Can of I course it that? didn't work. Like he broke up with me, like within like, a couple of months you know because it was like he didn't like me like there wasn't yeah. like I truly manipulated him into like needing to like hear from me like he was like it was like god this like, is it was cool like, too because it kind of predates like text dating flirting like that we do now you know like yeah 2003 four texting flirting was like so different obviously it's yeah. like age two but like did you like and I feel like you invented I think that I really did. Like, I think I just kind of knew, like, I just knew that I had no, I was just like, the only way this is going to work is if I do this and like, I will have it for a little while. And I I know it's not going to work. Like I knew we were not going to like stay together. I feel like Like, also it's like you understood. I mean, I know it's not just about texting, but like you sort of understood the power of texting in a, like before the rest of us. Yeah. I really know. Like, it would have been different if it was like phone calls. It, like it wouldn't work. Emails. No, but it was like the power of texting. You yeah. like harnessed it at a very early age. Yeah, <laughs> I really did. And like it crashed and burned, but it really did. I learned a lot from that, that experience. So cool. Yeah, it was cool. He also like, he was, I mean, like if you, the, describing him makes him seem like the hottest, coolest person in the entire world. Like he was basically like pretty normal, but this other like really hot thing about him was like, his dad, who was the sheriff, like they had every year a haunted house, like the sheriff's department hosted this like big haunted house called the house of pain, which was oh like, God, I know. Well, cause their last name was pain. The sheriff. Sheriff pain. 
Okay. Like, so crazy. Sounds, well, the whole thing sounds fake, but keep going. I know. And so the House of Pain and Jace Pains. Oh um, I know. Like, it's insane. Oh, I keep taking my hair down. I know. Um, you have to stop. I know. I'm sorry. It's a tick. Um, but so Jace's role at the House of Pain was he was the guy at the end who came out and chased people with a chainsaw. Okay. You know, like, I just, like, yeah, yeah, that yeah. to me I was, like, exactly. the hottest thing about him. I mean, that's, was, like, be, that's beyond. The his whole job thing every, is, like... The whole thing is beyond. Like, so, it like, is. otherworldly, but, like, that... Well, it's, like, everything you keep... Every additional detail is... Uh, no, I know, it's crazy. Taking this, like, further and further for me. I know, and, like, I do... And I even remember, like, when he broke up with me, like, he, um... <laughs> he was, like... We were in my mom's room, like in her bed for some reason, because my mom was like never there. We were just like sitting there. Like we weren't, we were like sitting in my mom's bed. And he was like, like, I could tell even he was confused about how he had gotten there. Like he was like, (laughs) he was like, you're like really so funny and cool. And like, you're pretty and everything. He's like, I just like, I don't, it just doesn't like make sense to me. Like, he's like, I I don't know. Like, I I don't think that this is going to work. And I was kind of like, I mean, I was like crying, like freaking out, but it was also like, yeah duh because like i fucking psychologically tricked you into Into dating me for several months like it's fine like i felt bad for him kind of too i was like whatever like i get it i knew this day would come like it still pisses me off so god knew what he was doing and so did i yeah i don't think i've ever successfully manipulated someone into doing really anything for me i have a lot but um that's also fine i do other things yeah um, okay, should we move on to Obadiah, which is literally one page long? Yes. Um, Obadiah is... I have um, so much respect for Obadiah keeping it this short. Is the, that's me what too. And I want to say I respect Obadiah for keeping it this short and actually having a purpose because the purpose of Obadiah as a book and as a person was to warn the people of the Mount of Esau that they were not going to get through this without punishment because mm-hmm. they should not have turned on the house of Jacob, who is the house of their brother. Yeah. You know, because back it goes back to Esau and Jacob and the people mm-hmm. of Esau, which like we didn't really keep that much track of, but well, they're nearby. I think they were like yeah. in Edom is yes. like where they Edom were. Edom is like the, the descendants Esau. of Esau. Uh, and it was kind of cool to like be reminded of Jacob and Esau for a second. Um, yeah. And Obadiah is like, I like to, he like kind of breaks it down for them. He's like, and when the house of Jacob was experiencing this, you shouldn't have stood by and laughed at them. And when they were experiencing this, you should have helped them. And when they yeah. were doing this, you should have helped. It's kind of like the pretty woman, like big mistake, huge kind of moment where it's like, you know, I've never seen that, but me um, either, but you know, oh. the, oh, was that when he slaps her finger with the thing? No, no, not that it's when he, I think it's like, I don't even really know, but it's when they won't let her shop. Oh, because she's like a whore or something. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. I guess I don't think she is. You can say it. Isn't she like a prostitute? Yeah. I don't think she you can call is. Them a whore. No. I think that's like politically incorrect. Sorry. Definitely. I'm... But like, so is that's probably what they call her in the movie. Like, that's why yeah. you're that's why you reacted that way, but it's like. <laughs> I feel like I said it so loud. You did. It's like cancel worthy. It's like your grandpa, like screaming whore. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, it is like that. 
It's like big mistake, huge energy. And then okay, Jonah, Jonah is. We all know about Jonah. We probably do, but like rereading this again, two pages. People took some creative they, license with Jonah in the in the past. Oh, Let's just say that because there's not a lot there. No, but it is really strange. It is a strange. Oh yeah. Like especially ending on Jonah for this series, uh, yeah. this episode. And also like just having been where we've been with the Bible and then now Jonah, it's like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, well, let's, this is something to say about Jonah, which the Bible wouldn't be the Bible without Jonah. Mm -mm. And it would be the Bible without a great number of the books that yes. we've read. Yeah. And that's a huge, that's huge. Even, even though the story, the thing we latch onto is like five verses, the Bible would not be complete without this story. Like the no. thing about the whale, of course. Well, it's like, it's similar to like fucking Noah and the ark where you're like, yeah. oh wait, it's like two verses long, you know? I was doing uh, it again. What is this with the hair? I don't know. Like that's psycho. I mean, it's kind of this... cool, but I guess you- I'm I trying to like never... flirt with you. Like it's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like taking my hair and like shaking it. Like, um, okay, <laughs> like so I can't Jonah, flirt. So listen, God comes to Jonah- Oh no, I was telling you I was listening. I know. <laughs> God comes to Jonah and says, Jonah, you need to go to Nineveh. First to... of all, Nineveh. Gorgeous. The most beautiful word. Gorgeous. Ever it like rolls off the written. tongue. Nineveh. Like creamy. It's um, one of those Bible words that's like, if you say Nineveh, you know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it? Oh, yeah. The, the, one of the other ones we said was um, is a book that starts with L, I think. Leviticus. Leviticus. It's like if Just you say Leviticus, Leviticus, it's like, oh shit. Hot. Um, so hot. So Jonah, God's like, Jonah, you need to go to Nineveh to cry against their wickedness. Like essentially do what all these other people have been doing, like warn them of that they're being yeah. shitty. And then Jonah is like, I'm too scared. So he gets on a boat to Tarshish. And while they're on the sea, the Lord sends a wind. Everyone on the boat is like freaked out. All a horrible guys, storm. It's like the worst storm you've storm. ever seen. All these like sailors or whatever they are are like, what the fuck is going on? Jonah is sleeping. I am obsessed with Jonah sleeping. I wrote I Jonah is asleep, LOL. Like Jonah is asleep during the worst storm in the history of the world that literally was sent by God to kill Jonah, to like punish Jonah. And he's snoozing and in the boat. Like the, bo the boat is like, upside down like yeah in the air <laughs> I imagine all these other men are screaming and he's not just like peacefully sleeping he's just like not giving a fuck no he's like but the, simply so asleep exactly yeah like <laughs> it, I'd imagine in like a little pile of like hay or something it's amazing yeah they're all on the deck and they're screaming and they're all like they're all claiming their gods so this is like what yeah. they're, doing. they're like praying to their own gods and being like, is this me? Like, are, are you the one sending this blah, 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 blah. And they, I guess, finally just wake up Jonah. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we have to cast lots to see who this is about, which like is, I don't know what casting lots is still, but I I'm thinking it's like rolling dice or drawing straws. I was imagining drawing straws, but it seems like it must be something more involved because, or I guess maybe they just really trusted that process at this point in history, yeah. but it seems crazy. So yeah, they draw straws, cast lots, whatever. And they figure out that it's Jonah and they're like, who's your God? Like, pray to your God. And then Jonah's like, no, the only way to make this like go away is to just cast me into the sea. 
And then something that I didn't remember that I thought was sweet is they kind of like don't do that right away. Oh yeah, they don't want to. They're like, no, they're like, no. Like, let's pray. Like, we'll figure it out. <laughs> let's pray. And then it doesn't stop. And Jonah's like, you literally just have to throw me in the sea. They throw Jonah yeah. in the sea. It immediately stops. The men are now like in fear of Jonah's God and like make wait, a sacrifice. Wait. I want to backtrack just a second because verse one, uh, chapter one, verse 10 is an <laughs> example, a great concise example of the Bible's laziness in writing. So like, okay, I'm going to go from nine. And he said unto them, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. It's like, well, delete, go back and just insert a line about him telling them, you know, like it's like, oh shit. Like whoever was writing it wrote, and then like, oh shit, we forgot to say, this doesn't make sense. Cause we didn't tell, we didn't say Jonah told them what he had done. And so they just tack it on to the end out of order, you know? Uh, yeah. That, I didn't pick up on that, but it, I think because I kind of used to that shit. Now. Yeah, exactly. But I like noticed and I was like, oh, the Bible, this, the whole Bible is like this. Yeah. They just forget to write stuff and then tack it on later. And it's like, go the fuck back. So it feels, you know? it's like, like reading edit. like a seventh graders essay. Sometimes. Yes. Edit it. Yeah. Anyway, I guess it's hard to edit when you're carving into stone. Um, or like writing onto like a parchment or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I guess they couldn't delete. But anyway. Did you, um, wait, have you been watching Euphoria, by the way? No, no you, you were telling me. So in one of the like newer episodes, um, one of the characters references King James writing his own translation of the Bible. And I was like, oh, that's what we're reading. Anyways, oh, yeah. I just, you know, I'm hypersensitive to Bible references and I didn't expect yes. them to bring up the King James Bible in that show. Okay. So anyways, the men yeah, are like, sorry, oh, we're scared of God. So Jonah's thrown into the water where he's swallowed by a fish and he's in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. And how do you imagine the belly of the, the um, whale or the fish? Uh, when I imagine it, I imagine a lamp and a chair inside of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because there's... And he's this, on the tongue. Oh, for me, he's not on the tongue. He's like in a belly. But I have so many visual references for this from my right. upbringing. And I don't know if the one I have is like a combination of a few or what, but it's like sort of like a bisected whale where you can see like him <clears throat> in the stomach and he's mm-hmm. like holding a little torch. Okay, yeah, I feel like I've But also too. I was thinking about like, is because, you know, Pinocchio gets swallowed yes. by a whale. Am I bringing some of that into my visual reference too? I don't know. But anyways, he like has a torch in the belly, but it's also in this version, it says a fish. So I was imagining like a really big fish, which mm-hmm. that scares me more than a whale. Yeah, well, whales are kind of human-like. Sea creatures. Yeah. And fish. I think I hate any water creature. Oh my God, you do. I hate them. Because, sorry, I'm sorry. I need to, this is crazy because my biggest and greatest love might be seeing fish. And my greatest desire in my life is to see a whale. Yeah. And I went to visit Peyton in Seattle and I was like, this is when this really came out. Like, you don't really, um, I think, I think it's interesting because we've been friends for almost, 15 years now yeah. <laughs> which is disgusting but yeah, um gross. but like 
it's it took almost 14 years for us to get to of just close close intimate friendship to realize we have this fundamental difference in how we respond to whales and sea life because Peyton like kept kind of dancing around the fact like he did not want to go on a whale tour and I was like please like this is my chance and he's like making up every excuse not to go and then he's like is there anything else you would like to do in Seattle and I was like yeah I would like to go to the aquarium and Peyton was like no yeah (laughs) and it was like oh it was like this totally fundamental headbutting of like it's crazy to me that you don't like that like an aquarium to me is like the number one most exciting place in the world yeah I hate everything that's in the ocean or the lake I know it's crazy um and it's maybe not it's not like phobia some of it maybe but I know it is I am so scared of all of it I hate it I think it's gross and I don't want to know about it or see it um wait we have to hurry because I just realized I have to leave in 10 minutes oh shit okay we have to hurry but but no, Jonah's not done yet. We have time no, to finish. Not done yet. So wait. Oh, but what I was saying is for some reason, a giant fish scares me more than a giant whale. Maybe because whatever, that doesn't matter. Okay. So quick. Because whales are, no, no, no. We had a ton of, of content when we were children that made whales seem like they are friends with people like free yeah, willy. Like yeah. oh, there yeah, was so yeah. much when we were young, that was the era of like certain, and you can't do it with fish because they're not like human enough. They're not mammals. You're right. Oh, but duh. Like sea lions, walruses. Like fish that is was, like, clo- was like a bug. A fish you know? is like a dinosaur. A, a whale is like kind of a human. A whale is like your cousin. Yeah. <laughs> like oh. they're friendly That's kind in of our cute. minds. That's kind of cute. Yeah. Um, okay. okay, so then whatever. He, Jonah the, prays. Uh, right. Jonah prays. And the fish and he gets vomits. vomited up. <laughs> Sorry. And we're like trying to go fast and we're just like going to make We're just like, yeah, we're going to make it like so psycho. Okay. So anyway, he gets vomited up, which I did like. Mm -hmm. And then he goes to Nineveh and he's like, listen, guys, in 40 days, you're done. You're going to get crushed into smithereens. Like he's like, it's over, honey. And then they're like, oh no, well, what if we, they basically like play dead. They're like, okay, the, the people in Nineveh just like act like it's already happened. And they like put on sackcloth and they like, you know, they kind of like mm-hmm. humble themselves and they fully believe Jonah and they humble themselves. And then God doesn't do it because yeah. of like, they started praying to him and being like, we know, like destroy us if you want. And it's kind of the perfect strategy because God, is, it cannot resist a chance to like flex. And the way yeah. to like, it'd be like, they basically like lay down like possums and they're like, we're dead, go ahead, do it. And then he can't. And he has to be like, now I'm going to turn this into a moment where I'm actually merciful. Yeah. So he doesn't which do it. And I love this. Jonah off. Yes. I love that Jonah's like so mad, which like, I probably would be mad too. I would be so pissed off. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like you sent me. Yeah. I would be so pissed. And so then to teach him a lesson, he does an interesting thing where, oh, Jonah's so mad that he goes and like lives in a, first of all, a booth in the edge of the city. Okay. Uh, in the sun. What the booth I was imagining, was like I a love ticket the booth. booth at a parking yeah. lot or a parking, Completely. a paid parking lot. And I'm like, Jonah is in a little metal booth with a glass window. He's like, and he's just like, like pouting. This. Yeah, but it's like he's uncomfortable, but it's also like, where, where'd you get this booth? Yeah, how'd you find this booth in the first place? And so God grows a gourd over Jonah's head in one night. And then Jonah is like thankful for the gourd. Like, and then the next why? night, don't know. And then the next night, he sends God sends a worm to <laughs> eat up the gourd and kill it from the inside and then the gourd the next day falls on Jonah's head and leaves him back in the um sun again and Jonah 
And then God's lesson is something like, he's like, now Jonah, you were happy about the gourd, right? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, and you're angry about the gourd. Are you still angry that the gourd has fallen? And he was like, yeah. I'm, and he's like, yes. And I'm going to be angry until the day I die about the gourd. And God is like, somehow turns that into being like, and that was just a gourd that I decimated. Now, do you think it's fair for me to like have killed all of the people of Nineveh, like because of this or whatever? And Jonah's like, you're right. And it's like, it makes no sense. What, it is, doesn't the, make any what sense. is the lesson? And like, how no. does this compare? It doesn't. I, read, I re- reread it like a few times because I was like, wait, how is well, first of all, what exactly is happening? And like, how does this compare to what was maybe going to happen to Nineveh? It doesn't make sense. I think the logic, quote unquote logic is like, okay, you're, are you mad at me? Because I killed a gourd. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to be mad forever. And he's like, well, what if I killed all those people? But it's like, that's Uh, your business. Like that, you told me to go do that. Well, also like, oh, is he, he's mad that he killed the gourd because the gourd was like, giving him shade giving him shade so that's in the booth in the booth <laughs> also in my mind the booth has something that would a provide roof. shade yeah well I picture I have to be honest I picture the booth a bit more like a lemonade stand with no um, oh. roof. I kind of pictured him just as sitting at a lemonade stand oh maybe it was more like a lemonade stand yeah um this book is okay. crazy this book is crazy but that's it and I think okay um, I have it's an, nice I have a thought okay Instead of putting these separately in our list, what if we group them together in like a bubble? Is that too hard? I think it might be hard because like Obadiah and Jonah, I want to put higher than. No, I know you're right. It doesn't make sense. Cause I was like, oh, then they can like, we can equal it out based off of whatever. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Um, Let me find my thing. But at the same time, it's going to take a little while to do this. I know, do we have time? Not really, but let's just do it. Okay. Okay. I want to put uh, Amos after Hosea, I think. Like, Hosea's last right now. Yeah, Amos, I'm happy to, for it to be there. Like, I don't know. It's just like, it's not giving thoughts. Um, <laughs> Amos is going to be last for whatever. We're doing this fast, so it doesn't matter. I think Jonah, though it's short, like, I honestly feel like we have to put Jonah somewhere pretty high. I and agree. I think it, it definitely needs to be like, is it better than Job? I think this is the question. It's not uh, better than yeah. Esther. It's not better than Ecclesiastes. No. Is it better than Ecclesiastes? No, because Job is better. It's, is it better than Nehemiah Samuel? Is it better than first Samuel? I think I would, I. Do we I go Esther? Say. Do we go Esther, Jonah, Ecclesiastes? Can you remind me about Ecclesiastes? Ecclesiastes was like, time is a flat circle. It was like the kind of crazy one that was like, dust to dust um there is a time for gathering stones and a time for casting stones let's put it after ecclesiastes okay before first samuel but first samuel is like david the gay king and like the harp oh shit fuck let's put it actually i I know where it goes it goes after first samuel before nehemiah job yeah okay that that sounds good because yeah yeah obadiah i think is strong and i think obadiah goes somewhere around daniel and the lion's den uh and yeah. i think obadiah oh no no way below that though i don't Does think it go after ezra before ezekiel ezekiel is the one with the bones but it was so long and horrible i kind of so want to put obadiah before ezekiel for sure yeah so let's do daniel ezra let's obadiah. do daniel obadiah obadiah didn't really do anything it was just like no. strong and short yeah ezra obadiah ezekiel okay 
And um, What's the who last else? One? Oh, Joel. I like Joel's pissy attitude, but that's basically all Joel is bringing in Valley of Decision. It's, he's kind of a nothing. So I think we put him after, pro uh, this is totally arbitrary, completely. Let's just put Joel, but I still think maybe Joel should be before numbers because numbers was hell on earth. Yeah, Joel was That's kind numbers. of a benchmark. But Joel is definitely before numbers because Joel is it after like, Isaiah or before Isaiah? Isaiah was also hell. I think it's before because I didn't think Joel was hell. No. Okay. How about this? This is the section we're in. Obadiah, Ezekiel, Proverbs, Joel. Yeah. Then then Isaiah. Yeah. I mean, it's completely arbitrary. So I think that's a great place. Yeah. But um, let's like read the rankings next time. So it'll take 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I have to like have to leave. I need okay. to eat something. Wait, oh my God, bye, you guys. That was really fun. <laughs> I like really like. I kind of like the speedy end. It's kind of fun. Me too. Um, we have to go, but we love you so much. Um, we love you. Um, we'll, re we'll tell you the order next week because like also no one gives a shit. No, no one cares, but we are going to read it because it is hugely important. Um, yeah. All right. This is the best podcast. I just yeah. feel like this is, I just feel like we need to say this is the best podcast yeah. on the internet. And uh, also quickly before we go, I do want to say... There was something I wanted to say earlier and now you I like don't remember, have time is, to remember. I definitely it. don't have time. Um, it's so it's what I want to say is we've been doing this for almost a year. We've been doing this since fucking <gasps> Easter before Easter, before Easter. Yeah. Oh my God. Right. Oh my so, God. Like, it's like, we're like a, almost a, just about a month away from our, our anniversary. I know it's psychotic. All right. Bye everyone. Okay. Bye. <laughs>